Inspiration, Adventist Reflections. Now, to discuss character building ideas, here is your host, Dr. Denzi. Hi, family. Welcome back to another episode of the Adventist Reflections podcast, your podcast. I am so excited today because as we mentioned last time, I have somebody here who I would like you to get to know for the next 12 episodes. And I know that you will be blessed by what she has to share with us through these reflections. So I would like to welcome Liliana. Liliana, welcome to the Adventist Reflections Podcast. Hi, Dan. Thank you. Thank you for the invitation. That's okay. How are you going today? Great. A bit warm. We had 34 degrees outside, so... It is. It is quite warm. And we're in a bit of a drought as well, where we live, aren't we? Yeah. Let's it... hope that spring will come back. Well, it is what it is. We'll, <laughs> we'll wait for it, just like the people on exile were waiting to return back to the promised land. Yes. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. But I think it will be appropriate for us to get to know about who you are. Lilana, who, who are you? What do you do these days? <laughs> Where are you from? What makes your heart tick? Yeah, as you can see, my um, English is not perfect. So it's my second language. I come from Bosnia. I came to Australia 20 years ago, mm-hmm. and um, I do have uh, two boys. Okay. Uh, they are grown-ups. Uh, one is 34, and another one will be 24 in a week time. I am in my early retirement, so okay. I have all the time and the best life ever. Okay. So I had to retire a couple of years ago because I have some health issues. To be honest, I really enjoy it. Right, <laughs> right. You're making me feel envious. Oh, uh, um, you know, it's different life. It's just awesome. So it's recommended, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Okay. Oh, it will be so much work for you to do after, <laughs> after you finish <laughs> with your job because then you will do actually things that you really love and enjoy and you will discover you, I love doing this and I love doing that. Right. It's just different different pace. Sure. You don't have to get up too early, like my alarm was always 3.45. Right. And so you start early and it's it's long day, but mm-hmm. now... It's a lot easier. It is. Oh, it's beautiful. Awesome. I love it. I am counting on the fact that the Lord is coming back sooner than my retirement. And Amen. that's the hope that I will live in. And if it doesn't happen, um, that's okay too. But I am truly believing that that will happen. Oh, me so. too. <laughs> so Liliana, this season is about Ezra and Nehemiah. I briefly outlined last week about Ezra, and today is all about Nehemiah, if, you, if we may say that. And what I am interested in today is about the intentions that Nehemiah had around the time for his people. And of course, in our podcast, we want to see how would that apply to me? I mean, he spent a lot of time trying to do all sorts of things, but what does it matter to me, right? And that's what I would like us to think of. I would like to perhaps start by reading this Bible text, which is in Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 4 to 5. And it says, Then after hearing these words, for some days I gave myself up to weeping and sorrow, seated on the earth. And taking no food, I made prayer to the God of heaven and said, O Lord, the God of heaven, the great God, greatly to be feared, keeping faith and mercy with those who have love for him, and are true to his laws. So today I would like us to unpack two ideas. One, the situation that Nehemiah was in, 
And number two, the aspects of the Christian reality in times of affliction, in times of hardship. So let us start with that situation Nehemiah was in. What do you think is happening to Nehemiah? What state of mind or of emotion do you perceive him to be experiencing when he's writing this? What do you see he's trying to convey? Um, yeah, we can see that he was in great distress. It looked to me like he do, couldn't wait to see his brother, Hanani, who came back mm -hmm. from Jerusalem. Right. Uh, and as soon as he saw him, he, he asked him, how is everything going there? Okay. You know, what's happening? And then when, when Hanani told him that it's, uh, you know, the work is not progressing and the walls mm. are down, he was so, I would say, sad and disappointed and uh, just as, as in the Bible said, as in great distress. Mm. As you read before, when he heard these words, he was crying to the Lord because when you think 13 years later and the work hasn't been finished. So he mm. might be wondering what's going on, what's happening. Mm. And to find out that people are so afraid from the surrounding nations and mm. enemies that mm. push them to stop the work mm. and didn't mm. progress. Mm. For that time, for that period, you expect to for Jerusalem to be rebuilt. But uh, it hasn't happened. So, right. yeah, he, he obviously mm. didn't like it. No, no, I... When I read that text and having that context that you're giving us, it's as if he's in great distress, sorrow, may maybe frustration, but obviously a state of sadness, mm. deep sadness. Yes, yeah. grieving. Yeah, grieving. That's the right word. Yeah. Thank you. Grieving. He's, he's in this grievance that it's, it's heavy in his heart. And so, you know, when I think about it, I think about the personal experience. Have I ever been given a promise? And, and I don't know if you ever had such, situation Liliana when you know when something like that happened and you perceive that that this is going to take place you're savoring that victory and all of a sudden something or somebody is there on the way and things are not taking place any longer and and it's like if it stopped have you ever had such an experience in your life I I, I believe that we all had all okay. had um I, I won't I won't mention any personal um experience but uh, uh -huh. it brings you um really uh, he, like uh, put you down and mm -hmm. uh you are almost in the dust because um it's not working the way the way it should be working mm -hmm. uh, whatever it might be that if you know either was promise or plan or or, mm -hmm. or expectations they all have different impact on us but generally it takes time for me personally to overcome or accept i like to say to digest or process mm -hmm. everything that happened to you right. and face reality mm -hmm. and to change the way or start from the beginning or sometime you can't do absolutely anything. Mm. You just have to accept it. Yeah. And sometimes it's the hardest, particularly with someone who is very close to you. Yeah. When you want the best for them, but mm -hmm. they choose to go different mm -hmm. way. Yeah. And uh, you can't do anything about that. And you can see they're going wrong way. Mm-hmm. Mm. But you can't change it. Yeah. So you have to deal with that and accept it and uh, and work uh, through that situation mm. to find the best way how you can accept them and how you can deal with that and live mm. with that as well. Mm. So so it's not easy. It's mm. not easy at all. Yeah, I can only imagine, you know, it places us as human beings in a quite vulnerable position. I mean, when you think about it, we do not have control, like you mentioned, over somebody else's actions. We can do very little about what somebody else does. I mean, I think about the time of Nehemiah, he's thinking, hey, you know, you guys, 
you are there. You should be rebuilding this temple. I'm yeah. here. I am still in exile kind of thing. Yes. But you guys have the opportunity to do this. It's been prophesied. God said that this was going to happen. Why isn't it taking place? Yeah. And I can just imagine the frustration as well about seeing your brethren, your people not progressing. When I think about our church, I think about the idea that we have the scriptures and we have the prophecies and Christ in the book of Revelation told us that he is going to come and that all these things need to happen for a reason and how there is going to be a church that is ready. When I think about the church, I not only think about Adventist churches in, in terms of I'm thinking Christianity. What are we waiting for to rebuild our temples? And this whole quarter, and we're still, you know, just warming up the engines, if I'm honest, in terms of the lessons that we're going to be studying. Because this whole quarter, in many ways, is about that reviving and that reforming and that yeah. idea of doing something practically. We know that people stopped building because they feared their enemies. Right. And uh, we will see later uh, uh, what's happening with Nehemiah. But why on earth you people didn't trust God? Mm. Because he told you, he promised you, he mm. will be with you. He said you will do that. Mm. And now you fear humans mm. and you don't trust Almighty God. Right. So I almost can see how he was questioning within himself what his brethren are doing in mm. Jerusalem and not trusting that Lord will take right. it through. The other thing that interests me about Nehemiah's perception and, and life story is that he is advising in his story how God is faithful and merciful for those who keep his laws. And so it will really imply that Nehemiah was one of these people. I wouldn't think that he's saying all this thinking, you know, oh, God, merciful and graceful, you are great for those who love your laws. The way he's talking, the language, the way I perceive it there and then is, I am part of it, but I'm just, just saying it's part of me. I mean, there's a group of people who are doing this. Yeah. And so... Nevertheless, at the same time, he is also acknowledging that he is also a sinner. When I see verse 7 on the same chapter of the book, there is an interesting aspect of its own where he talks about this idea that he is a sinner. However, what personally interests me is that there is something that tells us that Nehemiah is praying to God and he is basically kind of reminding God. And this interests me a lot. He is reminding God, God, you're great, you're awesome, you're merciful, as if God needed to know this stuff. Like uh, like if you tell me, Daniel, you're a Mexican, uh, you look like such and such. And I'm like, yeah, I look at myself every day in the mirror when I'm trying to do the hair that I don't have. And I know I'm Mexican and I don't have an accent and whatever. God knew this stuff. Why would Nehemiah do that? You know, I am not sure that he is actually reminding God of okay. who he is. What he does, it's like introduction to his prayer and gives glory to God mm -hmm. and honor to him. Mm -hmm. Maybe I can relate to that because I do the same. When I start with my prayer, mm -hmm. I always come to God acknowledging him for who he is, okay. like being mighty, being awesome, mm -hmm. being great, being king of the king, lord of lords, being everything we often cannot express with our human words because mm -hmm. we are mm -hmm. humans For and sure. we are trying to explain God and his nature. But I always say, Lord, forgive me mm -hmm. because I cannot comprehend the fullness of your glory. Right. But I come to him with very similar approach right. because he is awesome and mm. he is great and we have to give him like honor 
for who he is mm. and acknowledge him. That's how mm. I see it, what Nehemiah does before mm. he will proceed with the, and thank him for, for his mercy, for his mm. greatness. He gives him glory. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So like introduction to Great. the prayer. It, it looks to me that for Nehemiah, prayer was an important part of his life. He's going through this aspect of grievance that we spoke about. And he could have said, you know, I'm going to throw my hands in the air. The people are stubborn. They're doing nothing. You got to not seem to be in action. I'm not going to do anything. Forget about it. I quit. He had a good job where he was. Yes. Yeah. Right. He had a good, I mean, he was in exile, but he had a reasonably good life. So yeah. prayer was an important part of, of his life. And that interests me a lot again, because as I reflect on these ideas, I wonder what role prayer has in the life of the Christian for you and I today? Yeah, I think we couldn't have called ourselves Christian if we don't pray. Okay. Because for me, prayer is that constant communion with God. Mm -hmm. It's not something like someone would say, you go three times per day on your knees and uh, you talk to God. And sometimes people would say, I even don't know what to say. Right. I don't see prayer like that. For, for me, prayer is like a constant, like it's breathing of your soul. Okay. Uh, same as we have to take uh, um, physical food daily, all the time, mm -hmm. to actually nourish our physical body. Right. We cannot possibly have spiritual life without spiritual food. Mm -hmm. And spiritual food we can get only spiritual way. And it is connection with our God. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, for me, that's that's the most important. So whatever we do, whatever we think, whatever we say, it's always in connection with him. Right. So we never put him somewhere aside mm -hmm. that he is somewhere so far because we know mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. through his Holy Spirit, is he is with us. That's promise. That's G that's the promise that G uh, J Jesus gave us, and right. that's he, why he said, "I have to go. I mm -hmm. have to go right. because if I don't go, then Comforter will not come." Mm -hmm. And so it means if com Comforter doesn't come, who is going to be with you? Mm -hmm. Because Jesus could be at one point of time at one place, mm -hmm. but the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, can He can be with every single of us. Right. And I love it. I right. love it because regardless what you do, even do you do some stupid things. And I mm -hmm. believe me, I do so many things that it's, I always say I need not just one angel, I need a couple of angels around me because <laughs> I do need, I do do uh, so many things which usually women sure. don't do. So I pray a lot. Right. So I, I can say that as I wake up and I go to bed, as I walk or whatever I do, mm. I never put him aside. Even mm. if it is something stupid, if it is sure. something very unimportant sure. or whatever it is. Mm. I always have in mind that he is with me and sure. always talking to him. That's what I come across with Nehemiah as well and why he's so distressed. Because if he didn't have that love for God, he mm. probably wouldn't feel the same. Mm, because mm. Who cares, you know? Yeah. They build it or didn't build it. I, I mm. don't care. Mm. But because they knew that Jerusalem for them in that point of time was place of worship. Mm. It was place where God will be glorified the most. Mm -hmm. The place from where that light to the world has to come out. Mm -hmm. And for us, like, if you think just about our small church, like mm. Jinjin Church, when mm -hmm. we f when we see it, it's uh, ruined or doesn't look nice. 
we go straight away there、mm. to try to fix it.、Mm. You know,、mm. first we ourselves don't like、uh, that it doesn't look good,、mm-hmm. but second. We don't like others to see that. Look at house of God、mm. is in ruins. So、yeah. you don't like it.、Mm. So you have on your heart that desire that because you go there and worship God together with your church family, and you like that to look decent way.、Mm-hmm, so、mm-hmm. it is a small example. It's not the, in the same、uh, measure as as with Jerusalem and、mm-hmm. the temple, but、uh, very similar.、Mm, for yeah. Sure, for yeah. Sure. As you're sharing these ideas, Liliana, I imagine that Nehemiah, indeed, as you mentioned, he loved God. He had a connection with God. You can see there is a relationship yes, there.、Yep. This is just not something like all of a sudden I decided to pray because I can see no action in Jerusalem. And hey, God, you know you're my last resource. He's, he has had a connection with Him. You know, I think about this. Because I don't know, you heard of this saying, but it goes, "A burden shared is a burden halved." Yes. And so, you know, God doesn't need me to remind Him that I'm hungry, that I need clothes, that I need shelter, that I need money for the mortgage, for the、That's、rent,、right. for the whatever. But He wants us to go to Him for a few reasons. You know, I like when my children come and ask me for things. Yes. I feel. That they know that they can rely on me. Yes. That they know that we have a relationship. Yes.、Yeah. A trust. And that, that you love. love them. Yeah. 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 And number two, it was for our benefits. When I think about us praying to God, we are receiving、wow. that benefit. Yeah. Reaching to the throne of grace of the Creator and and the Maker of the universe is just such a privilege, but、Amen. it enriches our faithfulness、Amen. towards Him. Yes. So there is no doubt in my mind that prayer plays such an important part in the life of a Christian, regardless of the situation of the person. Liliana, there's so many things we could talk about this guy Nehemiah, and we will continue to talk about situations related to his life and Ezra, of course. But、uh, do you have any final remarks? Yeah, I think that、uh, yeah Nehemiah did good job. Okay. I think we will come through the other lessons as well. But、okay. uh, yes, he he did good job. Well, thank you so much, Liliana. Pleasure. I I really enjoyed this episode, and I look forward to next episode. We're gonna be talking about God's call. Um, and、yeah. and what role did he play in the life of these people that we're studying about? And maybe maybe we could dissect what does it mean for us again. But until then, I am Dr. Dancy, and today I choose to love God, living a life that, despite of the difficulties, is still a prayerful life. How about you? Remember to subscribe to this podcast, like it, share it, hashtag it, comment, and find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and Tumblr as Adventist Reflections. God bless you.